Welcome to the Main Street Morsels podcast, sponsored by Main Street Pediatrics, located in Parker, Colorado, off of E-470 and Parker Road. Good afternoon. Welcome to Main Street Morsels. I'm Lori Phipps, the owner of Main Street Pediatrics, and welcome to our podcast. Um, Main Street Pediatrics is located in Parker, Colorado. Come and see us. Um, we're talking about a really great topic today for new parents, old parents, not old, but you know, not new. Um, we're talking about feeding babies. I think that's a very common question we get. Um, things have changed definitely over the last several years. And with me to talk about this is our expert at the clinic, Kayla Fergus, Hello. who is here joining me. Um, welcome. Thank, thank you, you for having me. Thank you for coming. I think yeah. this will be a great topic. Um, when my kids were little, we started feeding them solids when they were like six weeks old. And I'll say not me, it was like my mom and my grandma oh, wow. fed my babies a soft boiled egg with bread on it. Oh my goodness. So we're gonna say <laughs> don't do that folks. Yeah, but things have changed a little bit. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Well, really, what is the best time to start introducing solid foods? Yeah, so, I mean, it kind of depends. It's definitely something that needs to be a discussion with your provider, but we're generally in the four to six month range that we're looking at starting that introduction of solids. So from a provider's perspective, there's a couple of things we're looking for. The main one being muscle development of the, the infant. True. So, you know, when they're in their supported seated position, do they have good control of their neck? Are they holding it up well? comfortably for extended periods of a time, essentially for a, a meal period? Is their trunk strength strong enough that they're not kind of toppling over in their baby seat? Um, that's the big one for us. But then, of course, we also want to take into account, you know, how, how comfortable are the parents with introducing solids? Are we feeling ready at four months? Do we feel like we need to wait a few more weeks or maybe towards the six-month end of that time frame? Um, but definitely should be a conversation where we're kind of looking at the whole picture of that readiness. Yeah. Um, and then also, is is the infant ready, right? Yeah. Are they interested in foods? Are they looking at what you're eating? Are they reaching for what you're eating? Do they try to put things into their mouth? You know, all three pieces of that are going to be important for if the infant is ready. That Yeah, that makes total sense. And I think, again, it's important that this is a conversation, right? It's it's a decision made by everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and really, you know, in the context is, is the child ready? And so you mentioned that you want neck strength, head strength, trunk strength. So really the baby should be not like laying back in the parent's arms. So you should be sitting in like a high chair, yes, right? Absolutely. Yes. Good. We want the baby upright. So we're not worried about, you know, potentially those foods going down the wrong pipe or, or concerns with choking or swallowing hazards. It needs to be a safe situation. Absolutely. Good. Is there, um, if the child's taking formula or breast milk, does it, does that have anything to do with when to start solid foods? Yeah, so that is an important piece of it because what I initially think of with that question is, do we still have good iron stores for the baby? So in general, from that four to six month range is when babies will start to lose their natural iron stores, especially with our breastfed babies. Right. They're gonna be the ones that are needing that additional supplement sooner. So with formula, it's gonna have the iron included. So they're still getting that in their regular feedings. But with breastfed babies, it's gonna start to wean and we need to make sure we're supplementing that from the solid foods. And so really, some things you want to consider as you're starting solids is 
making sure you're picking good foods. So mm-hmm. foods that are rich in iron, such as what? Like what's a good yeah, absolutely. So there's a variety of foods we can start out with, but in terms of iron-rich foods, we're thinking about like pureed meats. We can do some mushed up beans. Um, we can think about um, adding in some vitamin C-rich foods to help with the absorption of that iron, so fruits and vegetables. Um, the iron-rich or iron-fortified cereals are good as well. With those, I do like to keep in mind, we don't want to add it to the bottle. We want to do that separately, start getting them used to a spoon, kind of spoon feeding the cereals. Um, But that way we're getting in all those good vitamins, minerals, nutrients that baby needs in supplementation with, of course, still doing the breast milk or the formula. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now I said when my kids were little, we fed them really, really early. And then the pendulum swang. So when I was probably 20 years into my practice or 15 years, the recommendations at that time were don't feed the baby solid foods until they were one. Mm -hmm. And really what we created was this generation of highly allergic children and now adults. Um, Tell us about uh, introducing allergens. Mm -hmm. Um, What does that mean and when should that start? And, um, you know, kind of go over some of the foods that are really important to introduce. Yeah, so absolutely. There used to be some thought processes that if we wait longer for allergen exposure, we're going to have less risk of those reactions. But certainly I agree, the pendulum has flipped. We are now seeing in the research that earlier introduction is better to prevent those big reactions that we're concerned about. So with introducing new foods, we certainly want to space foods out a good three, four days apart. So stick with initially single ingredient foods so that we can really easily identify if all of a sudden we have a rash or we're having diarrhea that probably we can pinpoint what food caused that. Um, So for example, maybe we'll start with some pureed broccoli and it goes well. A Couple days later, let's add in, we'll do the broccoli with maybe a banana and see how that goes. So we're kind of adding to the plate, but also one at a time so that we can assess for tolerance of that. Now, in terms of the really high allergen foods that we want to keep an extra close eye on, we've got a pretty lengthy list, but we've got dairy, soy, eggs, wheat, Um, We're going to think about seafood, shellfish, peanuts, tree nuts, and sesame, I think are the big ones. Any others you can think of? Not that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a lot. Yeah, so it's a lot. Um, And in terms of what we're looking for, what we're worried about with those, and not to say that you can't have allergic reaction to other foods as well, certainly possible, but those are the more common ones. Now I say common, but realistically, allergic reactions are rare when it comes to, I think the biggest concern is anaphylactic reaction, right? So if we're concerned about any kind of difficulty breathing after we've tried a new food, that should immediately be calling 911. If we're having more of a rash or vomiting or diarrhea, we're not quite sure how to approach it, certainly call your PCP. That should be a conversation. We can talk about, do we need to do some Benadryl? What's the dosing look like? How often do we need to do any topicals or, or what should I expect in terms of when this will resolve? When should we reintroduce it again? All of that can be part of the conversation. Good. Good. Now I know there's like some very novel products out there now, um, you know, uh, that has like peanut powder, tree nut powder, egg powder. Um, There's a brand called Spoonful One that really has like every allergen under the sun into a little packet of powder. 
are those things parents should absolutely get for sure or can they introduce those on their own? Yeah, so those aren't an absolute must in my opinion. Um, and kind of as I mentioned earlier, I do like to do the single ingredient introduction so we can really pinpoint what reactions are from. So if we're right off the gate using some of those powders that have several high allergen ingredients, then it makes it really hard to identify you know, which one specifically caused whatever we're seeing. So down the line, after we've introduced each of those ingredients, everything's gone well, if we want to continue to use them to just help with repeated exposure, I find that to be perfectly fine, but otherwise I don't find them to be a necessary introduction. Makes sense, makes sense. And for these allergen foods, should they be introduced early on too? Just like if you're starting solids, that should be one of the things to consider. Absolutely, yeah. I, in terms of restrictions for foods, uh, we don't have a very long list. It's What's one of them? <laughs> so the first thing that I like to make sure we mention is cow's milk. Regular yeah. cow's milk we avoid until after about a year, um, which again would be something that we'll discuss with your primary care provider at that time. But for now, for the first year of life, the cow's milk just doesn't quite provide the nutrients we need, doesn't have the great fat content that we're looking for for this rapid period of development. So we typically avoid that in the first year. Um, and then our other big one is honey. We definitely yeah. want to wait until after a year for honey introduction. Honey can have a neurotoxin that can increase the risk of infant botulism. So we definitely want to be safe and cautious with that one and avoid it. Yeah, that's definitely um, kind of a long-standing no-no. Mm -hmm. um, when babies are starting to eat, um, so say you got their little high chair and you got your pureed foods, um, how much do you think they're going to take at a time? And should they have like three meals a day? What's a good way to really start some of this solid food? Yeah, so right around the six month mark, we're still pretty playful with our foods, getting used to the textures, the flavors, the allergy exposures. So I expect that primarily nutrition is still coming from the breast milk and the formula, keeping in mind, of course, if we're breast milk fed, that we do need to be getting in on some of those iron stores as well. Um, but primarily, we're looking at nutrition from the breast milk or formula. Um, I like to start out with one to two feeding sessions a day. Maybe we're doing like just a breakfast or maybe we're doing a breakfast and a dinner, but starting to kind of simulate that when we sit down and eat, we eat together, yes. kind of a, a meal time essentially. As we approach the nine month mark, I say we're going into about 25% of our nutrition from the solids or the purees, about 75% from the breast milk or formula. So still primary nutrition is from the bottles or the breast, but we're starting to get used to more of those foods on our plate, getting a variety in our, our diet, and then potentially at that time thinking about three meals a day. So we're really starting to regulate the schedule for our babies. And then as we approach a year, we're starting to kind of level out, looking about 50-50 in terms of nutrition. So 50% from the breast milk or formula. Of course, at that time, we'll have the discussion about whole milk and then about 50% of solids in our diet. Um, at that time, we're doing maybe three meals a day, a couple snacks in between. So really getting used to our primary nutrition is transitioning to the solids versus the bottle or the breast. By the time they're one. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to ask about was this concept of baby led weaning. Um, and that's something that um, maybe it's been more popular the last five years or so. Um, tell us, like, what is that actually? I mean, it's 
baby led weaning, I think weaning is like weaning from the breast or bottle, but it's not that at all, is it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it is, I think, I agree, kind of a newer, more popular concept that's arising. And baby led weaning essentially is letting the baby guide their meals, what they're choosing to eat. So we offer a variety on their plate. They get to try things, feel them out. If they don't eat everything on the plate, that's okay. They're kind of guiding their hunger. They're deciding when they're full and they're choosing, you know, what they're going to put in their belly. That being said, of course, with that, we want to continue to offer our variety of foods, making sure we're getting in all our food groups. Um, but it, it increases exposure to the different textures, the variety of foods, and just kind of getting used to that well-rounded meal. So is this something that a four-month-old should do, or is it for maybe a more six-month-old baby? <laughs> sure. I, you know what I mean? The way you're describing it seems like it be a little challenging for young young infants yes yeah so i mean at four months they're still kind of getting that fine motor development so it's going to be a bit more challenging to kind of pick up foods and and start to play with them um, so around six months is a good time to start that um, if we're starting the introduction of sol solids i say but that could mean purees of course as well around four months then again just kind of getting used to flavors and textures so maybe spoon feeding kind of helping baby eat that way gotcha well, I think this is a great conversation. I think it'll be very helpful for our parents. Um, thank you for coming and sharing your expertise with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us with um, Kayla today on Main Street Morsels, and we'll see you again soon. Thank you.